Hello, 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 and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's been keeping safe lately. It's not quite holidays are coming, is it? It's more autumn bloom. Is it? Is that even a phrase? Autumn bloom. I think you may have made it up, yeah. but I, I know what you're getting at, Stu. It, it does. Like it's it's not quite autumn, but it's almost autumn. Like it's raring to go. I think. Yeah, it's like le- leaving the house at five in the morning. It is now pitch black, and oh. it's it's good. It's fun, but it's that kind of that middle period where it's obviously short till November, as we all know. But it's a jacket as well, at least to start with, because it's there's no there's literally no sunshine, <laughs> so it's freezing cold. Yeah. So like this morning when I, I when I left and I, I forgot to take my jacket out and I got to the end of the road and I had to go back. I thought, oh no, this is happening. And then come four hours later, it was sixteen degrees. So mm. it's no winning, is that? I, I'm currently rocking the hoodie with no t-shirt on underneath because it's not quite cool enough for a hoodie and a t-shirt, but it's a bit too warm for just the one. So yeah, there we are. And people wonder why we have no video version of this. No, yeah. <laughs> Nobody would want to see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're here to discuss the news of the D23, which went on over the past weekend, uh, which is the Disney Expo. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a TV special of a question cast. But this week, we're just going to have a look at quite a lot of news that was dumped in one go over the last week. But I thought before we look at what we've been told, we should have a look at what we did last year because last November was the last Disney Expo where we discussed some of these. Um, only a few of the shows have actually been released from the last one, which I was kind of surprised about. There was so much news that came out and there's only a dozen or so things that we've actually seen since. Um, in the Marvel world, I Am Groot was released that we spoke about. I watched it earlier today in preparation for this podcast. I laughed more at I Am Groot than I did at Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> I thought it was a really nice little fun six-minute, six-episode thing. Stu, you've seen I Am Groot as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing with it, though. I, every one of it, but the way, if you watch it, I want to say in release order, it's, it seems like the order it's listed on Disney+. Plus. If you watch it like that and it builds up to the one we Rocky at the end... Mm. Um, I mean, they're only what effectively four minutes each, with taking yeah. away the the things, the intro and outro. But it is, it's just stupid. It's it's just silly fun. I just wish they would a bit like uh, Mater's Toon Tales, that I've mentioned before. Yeah, where they just like the old car, like the old cartoons, where they just put like a a bumper on, and then this is the next episode. And yeah. they, they're them spliced together like that for 25 minutes. I'd pre- I'd have preferred it that way, and it would have been like a perfect holiday special then, rather than yeah. going in and then you got the intro and then the outro, and it just oh, because it's not even set up as a season; it's six individual shorts, effectively. Yeah, um, I think they could have, but that's more of a technical thing with Disney Plus that I think is the actual series. But I laughed at least once an episode, which I thought, I mean, for someone who doesn't get that kind of humour, really, that that's quite impressive for them, I felt. Uh, I thought you was going to say someone who doesn't laugh. <laughs> I, I do laugh, just generally not at 
that kind of snarky nonsense that is the general tone of comedy, shall we say. Yeah, we should just say that Matt isn't dead. He he will be back next oh, week. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's, he's dogging on a campsite in Devon or something. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back next week. Not to, not to worry. Um, Ms. Marvel, obviously, that was out earlier this year. It was fine. Not my thing. Stu? Yeah, it's... It's one of them, mate. It's a bit like, like Black Panther wasn't aimed at <laughs> mid thirties white guys with no hair. Ms. Marvel was not aimed at us either. It's mm. it's it's good for an inclusion point of view for the people, like well, Asian girls especially who are never represented in these things. Yeah, um, let alone Muslims. And well, I've talked about it. I. I appreciated what it was trying to do. It didn't nail everything. And I thought she was superb in it, to be fair to her. Yeah. Um, but it was it was entertaining enough. It, it wasn't the best one of the year. <laughs> but it, it was... It passed uh, the time, though. Yeah, it, it was one of them where it was, it was nice filler. And you can kind of see now where it's going to lead to, which we'll get into as we go on. But yeah, like, it was never one of them. It was never a phone grab. So mm. that's for these kind of things, 40, 50 minute long episode shows, that's all you can kind of <laughs> assess it with these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Moon Knight, I thought it was terrible. I thought it was ass messy, ass WandaVision. It did not work for me on any level, which for a series which had Oscar Isaac in, it really should have done. But I, I hated it. I was bored throughout most of it. And yeah, Twitter was my friend throughout each forty-minute episode. I I remember being rather invested in that one, and like looking forward to it every week. But thinking back, I think you started really well. It was interesting and weird enough the first couple of episodes, but it proper tailed off, mm. and all that nonsense with the ship and all that stuff. It it. It was almost like in, I suppose, by direction that it, it was two shows spliced together, considering what it was about. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Like the beginning and the end, uh, very different shows to each other. Mm-hmm. A bit like when we mentioned before we started recording about adaptation, he's very, he's two films spliced together in a split personality, very yeah. much like Moon Knight. I enjoyed the first, I enjoyed the start. I was very. I I liked his. I appreciated his accent. I've I've got friends who speak like that, so mm. that was never an issue for me. Um, but again, it, it was just another one that that just it could have been a two-hour film, mm. and it would have been fine. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think a film would have been much better. It felt like they were given free reign to do what they felt on TV, and it just went too OTT. It, it lost what made it like an, an interesting core of an idea got lost in all the, the muddiness of it. Uh, and the other thing from Marvel, which is currently still going, is She-Hulk. Now, oddly enough, literally nine minutes ago, I had a text from Ash Dolan. She-Hulk is the absolute fucking worst, <laughs> like the dog worst. I've only seen the first episode. I hated it. I thought it was... Not funny. I thought it was badly written. 
and I felt like it was kind of insulting itself. I, I just don't think it works on any level. So I immediately tapped out. Ash has sort of kept me inundated with how bad it's been. Stu, what are your thoughts on it? Because you're still watching it, I assume, aren't you? I absolutely adore it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it. I can't remember the last one of these where it's it split people so badly. Mm. Like, there's been a lot of things that we, we've kind of faux argued about over the last couple of years. And like the, the whole Spider-Man thing, you and Matt enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah. But She-Hulk seems to be, if you don't get it, you absolutely despise it with a passion. And that seems to be the general reaction online as well, with mm. not just Twitter, with obviously it's Twitter, but like re- reviews as well. It, it's completely all over the place. There's never like a middle line with it. You either get it or you don't get it, and it's either for you or it's not for you. And despite the fact that it is absolutely awful, CG-wise... <laughs> It's yeah. it's almost like they've done it deliberately, and there's no there's there's no excuse for it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was like we're in on the joke here, mm. because it doesn't even look like twenty years old. It looks like it, it looked out of place in Jurassic Park. It's that bad <laughs> at, at points. How you can't get on it? It's a it's a Hulk movement. I know before people moan, mm-hmm. but you know what's right and wrong. I mean that it's. Like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it's like it's like Scorpion King level bad. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I mean, the stuff last week with uh, with Wong, I that was that was genius, and that episode was probably the best one. Mm. And the the woman who who was kind of the star of that show, the star of the show was went everywhere and like the amount of love that she got on Twitter for that performance and people say, Oh, can we, we need a spin off from a spin off. Well, no, we don't. It, it was good. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen this week, so I don't know yet. Um, okay. But I've, and I presume Dean obviously loves it because he, he's on the same wavelength as me. I mean, I've known him since nursery. We're going to be, yeah. but um, I can see how people hate it. So, mm-hmm. I, there's, okay. and there's one, this, this one, there's no point arguing because you're not going to change anyone's mind. <laughs> you're, you're either in on it or you're not at all. But you're not. Fair enough. Um, moving on to the Disney Plus films and whatnot. Baymax, the series of six shorts. Have you seen that one? I never Spinning watched Spinning out of Big Hero 6. I, I watched that after watching the I Am Groot. I was in the mood for some, like, light-hearted animation. It's really sweet and really funny. Much like Big Hero Six was, mm. if you enjoyed that film, you'll enjoy these little like I think they're eight minute shorts, six of them, really easy to digest and just sit down and, and play through them. Uh, the Chip and Dale film, which I think is probably the best thing on Disney Plus or from Disney in general in the past two years. To be perfectly honest, I thought Chip and Dale was excellent. You've yeah. seen Chip and Dale, Stu? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- thankfully, before all the stuff got spoiled. Um... Yeah, but I think yeah. even if you kind of do know a bit of what happened and what all that stuff, it doesn't really distract from it because it's just a, it's one of them lightning in a bottle moments eh, that it should never have happened. Mm-hmm. And it's especially for genius. something as obscure and weird as that's going to appeal to a very select amount of people. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Oh, adult wise, <laughs> yeah, and it just works. Yeah. 
Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen remake starring Zach Braff. It was all right. I'm not a huge fan of the original. and I only watched it because Zach Braff's in it. It's fine. I, I don't think I went in expecting it to be brilliant. So coming out and it just being okay is a win in my book. Have you seen that one? No, I don't, I don't, I don't like the first one at all. The original. Just it bored uh, me. Bored no, me to see crap. it. The, the yeah. first one's. I love Steve Martin, but the first one is not good. Um, Pinocchio has recently hit the screens. I've not seen it. The reviews have been horrific. So, I mean, I, I've said many times on this, I don't like the live action remakes. And the reviews have just made sure I'm not going to watch this one. Are you in the same boat on that shit? I think we, we said this exact same thing like 12 months ago where we've got no real interest with it and it's going to have to take something massive. And I mean, ironically, the, the best Pinocchio-like thing is that um, Lies of P game that's coming out towards mm. the end of the year. That's like steampunk Pinocchio. Yeah. That yeah. seems more more intriguing to me, even though it looks like kind of Elden Ring torture game. <laughs> <laughs> even that, even yeah. that, that's that's got more of an interest to me than this has because I just yeah. don't get it. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Prey was also announced over twelve months ago at this point. Um, I watched that. I I enjoyed it. I had a problem with the ending being it was a massive Deus Ex Machina that the predator just so happened to be in the exact right place at the exact right time for the other person to win. That pissed me off. But the rest of the film was fine. Have you seen Prey yet, Stu? Yeah, I, lo- I liked it. I don't think... it. All the stuff of, oh, it's better than the original. No, it's not. It's not better than the original at all. No, no, it's not. It's on a, For me, it's on a par with Predator 2. It's better than yeah. all the um, AVP stuff. Most it's of not that, difficult. Yeah, mo- it, most of that is shit anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what to expect going in. Um mm-hmm. It was almost like that when Far Cry was it Far Cry Far Cry Primal when they went back in, and yeah, it was like Wally Mammoths and stuff, and you think, okay, this is going to be a, bit, a little bit different to the norm. So going back two hundred so years, like okay, let's give it a chance, and I enjoyed myself. I mean, it was a nice, fun Predator film, and you you knew something stupid was going to happen anyway. So I I wasn't mm. for that kind of film. I wasn't bothered with how it ended really um as you think of the, the original it's not it's almost like a time and place thing as well if you think about it yeah yeah i suppose it is so it's yeah it, it didn't really affect me that much but yeah I, I enjoyed it and i probably would have gone to watch that in the cinema anyway so just just being the fact that it was on disney plus was a bonus really yeah that's true and then from lucasfilm we had the obi-wan series which was okay I I can't rave about it. It wasn't what I was hoping for personally. I wanted a little bit more um, story, if anything. It just felt it was a little bit flat. There wasn't a lot to get excited about with Obi-Wan, which isn't really what I want from a Ewan McGregor returning in that role. You know, he was easily the best thing about the prequels and this didn't do him justice, I don't feel, personally. No, and I think it was a bit of um, like Moon Knight situation. It would have been better as a three-hour film. Mm, yeah, I think a good editor could have got a really decent film out of it. But yeah, well, someone someone has done it, and they've edited it down 
Um, oh, have they? Yeah, someone. Uh, I think it's two uh, two of his forty minutes. They edited it down into an actual like legitimate film, mm. and it's better. <laughs> apparently, so yeah, oh, that's good then. I think a, a nice idea stretched out way too much, and there was way too much filler, and the whole yeah. Inquisitor thing. It was. I know we're all including Clone Wars. I mean, people should have just listened to me and Dave when they had the chance and just accepted <laughs> how great it was. Yeah. Um, but Clone Wars and Rebels are now well and truly canon, as we all find out. Um, there's no need to bring everything from them into live action, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like what they were trying to do. It just didn't really land in it. And the, again, no. the first first couple was okay. Um, and it just kind of got boring, which is, I think, the bit with mm. Vader was probably the best bit of the whole series. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, the book of Boba Fett. Um, it was two. It was two different things, and they they clashed. They didn't work together the first half and the second half, which spoiled it as a season. Um, I would have been quite happy to have probably not bothered with the first half of the season and just gone straight in the Mando stuff personally, just because I think that Mando is pretty much the future of the, the Star Wars franchise, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. this is a theme, it's three for three, where it's two things mashed together. Yeah. A stretched out idea. Um, I mean, escaping from the Sarlacc pit, that could have been done in what? Five minutes? Yep. That could have been done as a flashback during the Mandalorian portion of it. Yeah, or you could have have had it in the credits, like um, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, very good point. You could have had that. There you go. There's your answer. This is why he's here. And then, job done. But again, just nice idea, badly executed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll move on to the new announcements now. I think we'll start with Marvel because that's probably the most uninteresting stuff that came out of D23, of all the announcements. Like the stuff that we mentioned last time out, so we'll just fly across these. Wakanda Forever in the cinemas November 11th. Ironheart, which spins out of Wakanda Forever. That's going to be on Disney Plus next year. There was a secret invasion trailer which dropped, and Don Cheadle was also there to promote Iron Wars. There was no footage or any real information on Iron War, uh, Armor Wars. Armor. Sorry. Like it feels like that was announced five years ago at this point, and we've still got absolutely no information about it. At this point, I'd be quite happy if they just binned it off and cracked on with whatever else. Well, I was getting confused with what the hell Iron Heart and Armor Wars are, <laughs> and the difference between the two. Because when when I, I thought at first, I thought Iron Heart was was Armor Wars at first. <laughs> right. Okay. Which then, I mean, because it's all tangential to Tony Stark. Yeah. It's very easy to get confused with. Uh, but on the 7th of October, Disney Plus is streaming the Marvel special feature, Werewolf by Night. The trailer looks like a proper cheesy throwback to the pulpy 50s monster hunter silliness. I hope this film is like the trailer. I'll be really disappointed if this film just ends up being another MCU thing. Give me that. That looked really interesting, I thought. This looks fucking superb. Yeah. And there's so much in it, because I watched the kind of funny stream of this, and they did a bit of a rewind afterwards. Yeah. Um, And there's there's people in there who are the guys from Loki. 
Okay. With the with the buttons. Right. Um, okay. The only one I saw was um, Man Thing. I think yeah. it is was in there. I thought that that's kind of cool. Yeah. If so, you go back the bit, bit just before Man, Man Thing, um, there's they're in a, like a, they're in a, a square room, and either side you got the I can't remember what the names are. You know the the um, the officers with the with the helmets on. Yes. And the buttons they're in there. The time I'm trying to say time cop, but obviously that's it's not Van Damme. Something else that is. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so yeah. they're they're in there, and there's a few other things, but yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, I, I've slagged off things like the Adams family and all that kind of stuff before, but this is this gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. And it's directed by Michael Giacchino, who was the sound um, composer on the Batman. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm really interested in how this is going to turn out. Uh, moving on, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania officially starts Phase 5, which is going to be February 17th, and will connect into the Kang Dynasty film. I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen next. I know it's getting old hat to say this, but Phase 4 has been a bit of a miserable failure, to be honest. So look to the future now and let's see what's going to come in the future now. Uh, the Marvel's cast were there, but... No footage, no information. It's due out July 28th next year. I'm interested in this for no other reason than Nia DaCosta's directing. She's the director and writer of last year's Candyman. So I'm kind of intrigued for that reason, if nothing else. There was a release from someone who was in there um, that they were talking about it, that they switch, like we saw at the end of um, Miss Marvel. Hmm. They switch bodies every time they use the powers, the three of them. Okay. Well, that sounds interesting. That'll be yeah, something so fresh. It's something that I thought, oh, are you you're going a bit freaky Friday? This could be funny. Mm. Yeah, we... I'm, I'm all for that. That sounds cool to me. Uh, 2024 now, Captain America New World Order was announced. This is the continuation of Sam Wilson as Captain America. Fantastic Four was also officially announced as having found its director, Matt Shackman. He was the director of One Division. Uh, this is due out in 2024. No casting news has been announced alongside that. In regards to the TV side of things, there was some stuff with Echo, which is going to follow on directly from the Hawkeye show. She was probably the least interesting part of Hawkeye, I thought. Didn't really care and don't think I care about seeing a season of her. Well, he has, um, D'Onofrio did confirm as well that he's going to be wearing an eye patch after what happened. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, Daredevil Born Again was also confirmed. This seems like it's going to be season one of Daredevil rather than season four of Daredevil. I don't think I like that. I'm a bit worried that it's going to be Daredevil doing silly bollocks MCU stuff and not Daredevil doing hard-hitting, dramatic storytelling of the Netflix Marvel Universe. I liked that kind of thing, so I'm a little bit apprehensive now with that. It's it's a bit like when they bought 24 back. There's mm. 24 Legacy. Yeah. And, no, not really. 24 Redemption was the first one. Um, when it came back as not a 24-episode thing. <laughs> um, and it, it was only 12, and it was kind of different, and it was in a different setting. You had mm. some of the characters and not all of them. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people in that in that show that deserve a second chance. 
well, not even the second chance, just give them their jobs back. Um, <laughs> that, that's exactly it, yeah. So, yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that, that they're going to mess it up. But, oh, no. <laughs> uh, also, in 2024, Thunderbolts is hitting the cinema. Thunderbolts are basically Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. It's anti-heroes and semi-reformed villains. This team will consist of Contessa Valentina, Red Guardian Ghost, John Walker, the US agent, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, Taskmaster, and Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova. So it's basically four trained fighters, Elaine from Seinfeld and Ghost. It seems like a really poorly designed team. It's like if you were trying to put together a team to do a bank robbery and you've got five getaway drivers and no <laughs> safe cracker. Like it just doesn't make sense why they've done this. It's, they've kind of spoiled what I was hoping for with the Thunderbolts film by doing that. Do, who is has this been announced who this is by? I don't know. I I, I didn't get that in my notes if it has been. No, because I've I've already seen the picture as well. No. Yeah, that, that's literally all I'm aware of. So I, I don't know. Uh, but the reason that I said that the Marvel stuff was like the most uninteresting of all the announcements, because there was no real information to, to look at. There was nothing presented here. It just felt very much like Kevin Feige was like shaking his keys at a, a toddler <laughs> saying, look at my shiny things. Like there was no, there was nothing really there of any interest if I'm being a little bit brutal about it all. Other than the werewolf by night, which is the only thing that I'm genuinely quite intrigued to see what that's about. We'll move on to the Disney and Pixar films next. First up is Strange World. This is from the team behind Raya and the Last Dragon, Big Hero 6 and Tangled. It's due to be released on November 23rd in cinema, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, Alan Tudyk and Gabrielle Union. Inspired by pulp magazines about explorers discovering hidden worlds and ancient creatures. The trailer kind of reminds me of like the 60s pulpy sci-fi shows like the OG Star Trek or Lost in Space. Like it, it looks really oddly beautiful, but a little bit creepy at the same time. I'm I'm really looking forward to this, especially knowing it's Big Hero 6 and Tangled. I mean, they're two really good films. Raider and the Last Dragon didn't do it for me, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, and... Alan Tudyk is. We all, we always say the same thing that he's massively underrated, and he always all the time. Yeah. I know he's one of us and whatever. But yeah, Tangled is better than Frozen. It, it just is. <laughs> and it doesn't get the respect, does it? No, I, I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, no. when you're saying Lost in Space, it, it it reminded me of another. Remember Land of the Giants. Yes, I was trying to think of that, that name earlier because that was the other one, but yeah. that's exactly it, yeah. yeah. Uh, following on the success of theme park rides into movie translation, Disney are following up Jungle Cruise with Haunted Mansion, which is going to be released on the 10th of March 2023, which feels like they're sort of missing the trick of not bringing it out next month in October for Halloween, but uh, it's directed by Justin Simeon, who is probably best known for Dear White People on Netflix, um, and he's also been tapped up by Disney to write, uh, so to direct the Lando series. The cast will include Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, and Lakeith Stanfield. I'm a big fan of Lakeith Stanfield, so yeah, I- I'm well up for that one. Especially if they go closer to like the the fun of Jungle Cruise, yeah, because that knew the genre that it was trying to be. 
and just leaned heavily into it. And I think if Haunted Mansion does that, this will be a, a, well, a thrill ride, which is what it's supposed to be. Well, it, just that cast alone, it just sounds like a great old time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Danny DeVito in anything is yeah. always great fun, isn't he? Uh, the first Pixar release of the year is going to be June 16th, and it is a film called Elemental. Uh, this will be set in the world where earth, wind, fire and water elements all live together. And two of the main characters, which appear to be fire and water, will discover they have more in common than they thought. This sounds like it's going to be a typical Pixar film. It'll be a story with meaning and a lot of heart and will probably make you cry at some point. Mm. That's just what Pixar do. And then we have Wish, which is due to be released in November 23. The synopsis on this film, Asher has a big wish, which takes her on a huge journey, putting her up against, and this is in quotes, one of the most formidable foes in Disney history. Uh, The way they've worded that makes me sound like the bad guy in this film is going to be an already established Disney villain. And... Like I'm kind of interested in that because I don't feel like we've there's a shared Disney universe, even though we've got all these films from that world. So I'm I'm really intrigued by it, and it's going to be the first film released after the 100th birthday of Disney. So I'm really really interested in this film without knowing a great deal about it. Well, the only Disney shared universe that actually exists is in the um, Kingdom Hearts games. Yes, is... that is a very good point. Yeah. I mean that would be kind of mental if they were, if they use someone from that. But you're talking about the niche of the niche of the niche with that kind niche, of thing. Yeah. I mean who Ursula maybe? I mean who Not who maybe? Like I I genuinely don't know because they've each got their own, but they all go away after one film. So I'm Jafar. Who knows? I, I I'm I'm just intrigued because it says in the synopsis as well. Uh, blah, blah, blah. If they state that this film will celebrate Disney's past, present and future. It's going to be a mesh of 2D watercolour and 3D CGI. So it does feel like it's going to be leaning heavily on what's been established throughout Disney's time. It sounds so, like I'm Kingdom really Hearts. It, it does a little bit, actually, thinking about it, yeah. In the last one, this is how that... Because every time... I mean, I don't like Kingdom Hearts anyway, bro. It's when you go to the different realms, all the main characters change their art direction, don't they? Into the, the, the character, whatever yeah. world that they turn into. So maybe you do get to see like Mickey as Pixar and, and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, some, quite possibly. The, the granddad from Up as a watercolour. It could be anything. Mm, yeah. Uh, briefly touching on 2024 announcements. We'll probably discuss these again at some point in the next 12 months, so I don't see any point in going too deep into it. Uh, A live-action prequel to The Lion King, uh, which is going to be Mufasa. Um, I'm not particularly interested, other than the fact that Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner are back as Timon and Pumbaa. That's literally the only reason I'll I'll give it a watch. There was another live-action remake announced, which is going to be Snow White, starring Gal Gadot and Rachel Zegler. Not massively interested. Don't like the live action remakes. Uh, Pixar are giving us 
Elio or Elio, a film where a boy finds himself transported across the galaxy and gets mistaken for an intergalactic ambassador for planet Earth. And finally, the one which I am genuinely quite excited about is Inside Out 2. It is the perfect Pixar movie and it's getting a sequel. Amy Poehler is returning as Joy. There will be new emotion characters joining her as the film is now set in a teenage Riley's body. I love this idea. Like, I hope we get a third one set in a 30-something Riley. Yeah, when when they're married and everything like that. Yeah, just brilliant. I think it's a really genius way to to keep this series going. Because, you know, as you do grow up, you do start to experience more. And it's like this could be for kids and grown-ups and everything in between. And, yeah, perfect. That's like that old BBC show, Seven and Up. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. God, I haven't seen that for years. Because I, I think was the last one, seven up, up sixty four up or something like that. I think yeah. was the last one. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, moving on to Disney Plus. Uh, last year we discussed Hocus Pocus two. That's going to be on Disney Plus September thirtieth. Zootopia Plus, which is the short form series, and that's 9th of November. And Disenchanted is going to be out on the twenty fourth of November. First off, like we, we've got to talk about National Treasure, Edge of History. That's hitting Disney Plus on December 14th. The new trailer gives us a little bit more info. It's going to be centred on Jess Morales, who is unravelling a mystery tied to her family and major historical events and legendary lost treasure. Harvey Keitel is back as Sadusky, who appears to be helping Jess. And we also see a returning Justin Barth as Riley, who offers Jess some help with one of her clues. We don't know how much these characters are going to be in it, but at least they're appearing. There's obviously no word on Cage yet, and there's no news either on the third part of the franchise, which was announced by uh, Jerry uh, Jerry Bruckheimer several months back. I'm kind of tempted to rewatch the two films now in preparation for this film, in this series. I wasn't interested at first, but actually seeing the trailer, seeing Kaitel, Seen Riley, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I want to watch this now. <laughs> yeah, well, we when we talked about doing this in the first this podcast in the first place, and I was shocked by the amount of people who said that National Treasure first because it's like their mm. it's like their pantheon of, of Cage, it's like their best thing, and like we said all at the start, I love the first one. I. <laughs> It's it's genuinely one of those films that I could watch every day, <laughs> but I haven't. I, I've resisted, and I have gone a couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I was when this was announced last year. I was a bit overexcited about it. Mm. Has that died down? No, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. And if anything, we haven't had anything like this for a long, long time. Like you kind of, especially mm. in a in a TV form like this, where you got like the weekly adventure. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for this. And yeah, regardless of all the nonsense and all the oh yeah, it's it's not a white male lead. So let, let's boo it off the the face of the earth completely. Mm. Yeah, doesn't matter. Nope, no, not at all. Uh, we'll talk about that again next week in our TV special, and probably again in this episode at some point. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we'll move on to some of the Christmas stuff that's going to be out on Disney+. Plus. There is Best in Snow, 
Titus Burgess hosts a festive competition where artistic teams are given a 10-foot block of snow from which they have to carve a creation inspired <laughs> by Pixar, Marvel, Disney and the Muppets. Um, I love Titus Burgess. It's going to be campus tits, but it's going to be fun. So I'm invested in that one. Uh, the Hip Hop Nutcracker, which <laughs> is the worst title of anything I've ever seen. But when I read about it, Rev Run from Run DMC, he's reimagining the Nutcracker Ballet. It's going to be set in New York. So I'm going to give that a chance. I love Run DMC. So yeah, fuck it. I'm all in. It could be like Christmas Hamilton. Yeah, that, exactly. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I'm invested in that. Uh, and finally, from November the 16th, there's a new series with Tim Allen returning as Santa Claus. Uh, the series is called The Santa Clauses. Um, Tim Allen's character is now 65 and has decided to retire. This series follows his attempts at finding his replacements. Um, I've seen the first one. I didn't really like it, but Stu, I imagine you love it and you're <laughs> very interested in this one. I love the, the first one. Yeah, I, I like quite a lot. The second one, the second one's okay. The third one is very, very bad. Um, but the third one, no one could be asked, and you could tell. Um, but yeah, this it sounds like it, it's kind of natural thing because that's how the first one starts isn't it so yeah obviously when he when he falls off the roof anyway and he's trying to find ways out of getting out of the claws in the first place so i kind of like this idea it's just i haven't seen seen him in anything for years no no same i, I thought he'd retired to be honest so yeah it's interesting to see him back uh, we did mention last year The Little Mermaid, but I think it bears repeating. It's got a release date of May 26th. Uh, my TikTok algorithm has just been full of little kids beaming with smiles watching this trailer. It's, it's amazing to see. Um, whilst I'm not a big fan of these live-action remakes, nothing will dampen my spirits for The Little Mermaid, <laughs> so I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, we're getting a new take on Peter Pan due out next year, Peter Pan and Wendy. This is a live-action movie influenced by the J.M. Barry novel and the 1953 film. Jude Law, Jim Gaffigan, Alexander Maloney and Alan Tudyk, once again, set to star. Uh, this also has an actor and model, Yara Shahidi, playing Tinkerbell. So if you thought the argument about people of colour playing characters, people assume a white is going away, <laughs> think again. It's no date given, just 2023. Um, I... I don't mind the animated film, but I can't say Peter Pan is something I, I genuinely love. So I don't, I'm not massively interested in this one, if I'm honest. We literally have Hook. We don't need this. Yeah, that that is the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we're getting two new long form animated series due out in mid to late 2023. Iwaju, which translates from the Yoruba language the future and is an afro-futuristic sci-fi show set in lagos nigeria it's a coming of age exploration of classism innocence and challenging the status quo the concept art looks absolutely incredible on this mm -hmm. properly leaning into some wakandan visuals on um, and they've teamed up with a comic creator to do this i, I can't remember i should have written it down um so the fact that disney are collaborating with someone else to produce this series it's got me kind of intrigued, I've got to be honest. Yeah, this this looks... Of the Disney stuff, this intri 
interests me more than anything else. Mm. It, it, I know we're going to win a bit, a bit like um, when I've talked over and over again about Castlevania on Netflix, how yeah. I hadn't really watched animation for a long, long time, other than South Park, obviously. Um, and that got me back into things. This sounds this sounds on a par with that in a very just the style the style of it like you said the style of it the idea all in it it seem it sounds different which you don't expect anymore no especially from Disney Disney are generally a safer company they know what makes them money so that they, they don't stray too far from it but this is them taking a step out of their comfort zone and I'm all for that I think that's excellent. Uh, the other series is one from Pixar, and it's called Win or Lose, which is a show about a middle school softball team, and they're setting it up as a Rashomon-style series. So each episode is going to be set from a different character's point of view, and it's all about the le- the week leading up to the big championship final. Um, it just sounds fascinating, because again, I don't associate Disney with doing something that different. It's going to be from. It's going to be directed and written by animators Michael Yates, who worked on Toy Story Four and Soul, and Carrie Carrie Hobson, who's known for Powerpuff Girls and Luca. I'm really intrigued by this one. I think this will be fascinating. Mm. And finally, we get a comedy series in 2023, The Muppets Mayhem, and will follow the Electric Mayhem Band on their epic, music-filled journey to record their first ever studio album and coming face-to-face with the current music scene. I will 100% be buying that album when it gets released. <laughs> I fucking love the Muppets. So, I'm, yeah. Of, of everything, that's the, my one for next year that I have to see, I think. Even the last series, though? The Office-style one. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've still enjoyed it. It's got the Muppets in, so I'm, I'm great with it, to be perfectly honest. It's not like the top tier of Muppet stuff, but... Still does the job. It has Fozzie Bear in it. That's all I need to be happy in my life. <laughs> uh, we'll move on now to Lucasfilm. Um, Andor is going to be out in a couple of days' time. The first three episodes released on the 21st of September. I was quite excited until I read that it was 24 episode season. What? It, it just feels like that's a little bit on the long side. I'm, I'm hoping I've misread it because... Like that just feels so antiquated to have a ridiculously long season like that. That's that can't be right, surely. Th- that's what it said when I looked on the the Disney announcements website for D D twenty three. I really hope it's wrong. It's going to be set. I know because they said that it is only, regardless of what happens, it's only going to be two seasons because obviously it leads into Rogue One. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's going to be. Two twelves, maybe. That's what I thought. Hold on, I would, I, I would be much more inclined for that than. Yeah, it a is twenty four block. Yeah, it's it's twelve episodes for the first season one. So, okay, twenty four altogether. That that's better. Yeah, yeah. um, that Phew. is going to be set five years before Rogue One, which makes sense if you've seen Rogue One, um, and it's a series focused on the everyday people whose lives are affected by the Empire. We finally got to see some footage from Willow, set in a magical world where Willow will lead a ragtag group of heroes to a dangerous quest, facing their inner demons and coming together to save the world. An epic fantasy told with modern sensibilities and plenty of humour and heart. Like, what more could you ask for? 
and it looked really good. Like obviously the original being eighty eight, eighty nine, something like that. The CG obviously doesn't stand up, but they've really brought it up to date, and it looks superb. Mm. Like they've really put the money into it, and the CG looks spot on. It's exactly what you hope for. So yeah, I'm I'm properly looking forward to that one. I mean, it's going to be the thing now. <laughs> Who are the Willow originals and the Willow hipsters? Because no one I know is <laughs> other than us. Yeah. No one I know has watched Willow, or if if they had that sort of as a kid, or mm. they or they just have no idea what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I've got the, I think I've got the steel box Blu-ray over there. Like I fucking love Willow. It's one of my favourite films as a kid, and the the witch in it just terrified me. Just absolutely scared the shit out of me. And even watching it back as an adult, like it still, still jangles the nerves. It's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> uh, the stars of Indiana Jones Five appeared. Not much info is really given. Let's just hope it's better than what happened last time, Ace. <laughs> Mads, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't go wrong with him, can you? Let's be honest. Get him on the beer again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch is back for season two and we're also getting another animated series Star Wars Tales of the Jedi which is a six uh, six episode animated short series featuring parables built around Jedi from the prequel era um, journeying into the lives of two very different Jedi Ahsoka and Count Dooku all these shorts will be released on the 26th of October Ken Dooku doesn't, I mean, as someone who's never watched the Rebels or uh, Clone Wars, Ken Dooku feels like someone who is primed to be given a backstory. So I'm really intrigued to see what these shorts are. And, and I know I need to get onto watching those series. I don't think, off the top of my head, I don't think Dooku's been done in that style. Okay. I mean, it, it might have been in like one or two episodes, but I can't, I can't remember. I know Grievous definitely was because there was yeah. a whole thing of when they meet in episode three and they're like, oh, how are they going to keep them apart? Uh, just so that this, they don't ruin their own continuity. And mm. they do manage it really well. Um, it gets quite comical in parts. Like, how are they going to get around this? And like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I it has been a long... It's been years since I watched it all from the start. So, but if I got it wrong, then fine. But I think this is the first. And I, I do like how they're, they're giving Ahsoka more more backstory anyway in advance of her own series. Yeah, well, that's it. Obviously, Dave Filoni and John Favreau were also at D23 and they did bring out um, Rosario Dawson for some Ahsoka stuff. Um, again, all they said was at some point next year, so... Generally, the Mandalorian had been Christmas time, so maybe they're going to follow suit and put Ahsoka in at Christmas because, obviously, Mando 3, we got some footage for that. I expect that to come early next year because of the delay of not getting it this year. So maybe they're going to do that. We'll get early Mando. Early 2023, we'll get Mando. Late 2023, we're going to get Ahsoka, hopefully. Um, speaking of Mando, we got to see some footage. Uh, Din Djarin and Grogu are reunited to face the consequences of Din having removed his helmet. Katie Sackhoff, Amy Sedaris, Giancarlo Esposito all set to return. 
And also Skeleton Crew. Star Wars is hitting Disney Plus at some point next year. This is going to be the story of four kids who get lost in the vastness of the galaxy and have to find their way home. Created by John Waters and Christopher Ford, the director and writer of the MCU Spider-Man. Was Salacious Crumb in that trailer? I don't think he was. Um... Because people have, because it was all over Twitter yesterday, and I thought, why on earth would this, of all things, why would he be trending for? And it, I mean, that's something you're not going to have his own series. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that that really would be milking it. <laughs> um, do, do, do. Apparently, there's an Easter egg. My, oh, hang on, no, that's in episode one of season one. Now, I think people might be. Um, yeah. Making mountains out of molehills, maybe. I, I didn't notice it, I'll be honest. But no. that's not to say he's definitely not there. So who knows? It'll be interesting if it is. It'll just be weird as fuck <laughs> of all the characters to introduce. But you, you can never quite tell he's Dave Filoni because he does like to have a deep dive into the, into the back catalogue, doesn't he? So who knows? So is there anything in particular from D23 that's... Um, Tickling your pickle? Anything you're really looking forward to? I mean, I've I said over and over again how Rogue One is my favourite Star Wars film. Yeah. And Andor just looks... See, a lot of these, because they were teasers, the trailer rule doesn't apply. Um, yeah. Other than Mandalorian 3, obviously, because I, I know I'm going to watch that and I'll remember all that because I'm kind of... It's burning to my mind, in which I love that show. But Andor looks, it just looks amazing. It looks like they've, we've got over that whole 18 months of shit CG now. That's all gone. <laughs> and let's all, uh, people actually doing their jobs properly next to each other again, rather than remotely. And you can kind of tell because a lot of this stuff looks head and shoulders above what we had last year. Mm, absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to the Tales of the Jedi. I know it's only going to be six shorts, but... Yeah. Just the idea of giving Ahsoka that bit more. Having not seen the, the those series that I mentioned earlier, I, I want to know a bit more about her now in prep for her own TV show. So I'm really looking forward to that. And as I said, Kemp Dooku, he's a bit of a mystery when it comes to Star Wars for someone who is played quite a big part of the, the prequel trilogy. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, I've already mentioned Muppets Mayhem. I'm, I'm all for. <laughs> and of course... Um, <clears throat> The Haunted Mansion. I, I'm just hoping it's going to be more like Jungle Cruise than it is Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I want it to lean into that, not to the silly throwaway bollocks of, of pirates. So, um, th- there are a few things in the next 12 months that I'm, I'm quite looking forward to, to be honest, from Disney. Let's hope they can uh, actually knock it out of the park and we get more of the, the good stuff and less of WandaVision. <laughs> Right, okay, so next week it's going to be a question cast. It's already banked, so we've already had your questions and everything, so thank you very much for that. Um, But obviously check us out, we'll be out every Monday as usual. Uh, Please make sure you've got us subscribed on your podcatcher, Um, and if you could leave us a review, we would love you forever. Uh, Make sure you've got us on the socials. It's at CageFightingPod on Twitter, Insta, and now TikTok. I wasted an hour last night before bed trying to figure out how to like clip videos and shit together. I don't know. 
We'll see if it works. <laughs> um, so for this week's Stew, would you like to say goodbye? Yeah, but first, let's, let's just address the fact that there is a lot of blue racism here, that Avatar 4, being uh, filming convincing, has not been mentioned once in this show. And see, it's, it's yeah. coming back. You all, you all mock me. Avatar Remastered is back in, in cinemas. Oh. I was quite surprised that they were bringing it back to the cinema because I, I I genuinely didn't realise there was any call for it apart from you, obviously. See, we're out, we're out there, we're out there. So the, the rest of them can be silent, but we are we are there. We are at one with our with our tails. But I think they're, they're probably doing it because it's they're remaster. Obviously, it's never been released in four K. So if they're remastering it anyway, they might as well put it out on IMAX first, yeah. and then sell it on 4k before uh way of water comes out in december so it might it makes perfect sense and it gives me an excuse to go again yeah it makes sense you are right Uh, so yeah they've started filming four haven't they yeah which i mean is it just has it been back-to-back recording of two three and now four two and three they've done it two and three were made together right okay so originally he said two and three were going to be made together and then four and five going to be made together so nice. i presume this is exactly what they're doing that's fair enough so yeah they they were at d23 but again th- there was no real information cameron wasn't there because obviously he's currently busy but the stars all turned up to wave at the crowds and that that was pretty much everything so not i didn't think there was anything there really worth mentioning for this but you are right yeah they, they are still filming which this is probably going to be the longest record of anything, isn't it? I, th- I imagine, even compared to something like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because that that was what uh, I can't remember how long it was. Was it, then. Was it twelve months, or it might be no, over I think, twelve? I think months? it was at, off the top of my head. I think it was eighteen months, and like, principal photography filming, and then they went back for a, a few months pickups afterwards. Mm, yes, that's a good point. So up. yeah, this will probably top that, I imagine, once we're at, at the end of it all. Yeah, so obviously the, the Avatar game was announced on the day before as well, on the game's um, showcase. Yes, I mean, obviously, I, I haven't seen the Nintendo games. When have you watched that one yet? Yeah, it was... W- was there anything interesting on there? Not really. <laughs> it was all... <laughs> it was just so Japanese. It was... Which you you, got, you understand, obviously, but... It was all like kind of, it was all RPGs and all this kind of thing that I don't really, I don't really care about. Mm. Um, that was my problem with the the PlayStation one on Monday or Tuesday this week, last week for the listeners. It, it was all, it was very East Asian centric and not really my kind of games. Like they all look beautiful, but it's just not the kind of game that I generally go for. So the the Nintendo one was basically the same, was it? By the same. Yeah, story. pretty much. Mm. There's there was nothing out of the Nintendo one off the top of my head that I'm thinking, oh yeah, I can't wait for that. I dust down my mm. Switch and, and start playing on that again. No, <laughs> that's um, a shame. But yeah, there's that there's that Marvel Midnight Suns game that's like um, turn based. Yeah. Which, if you like XCOM and that kind of thing, then fill your boots. But I'm. Yeah. It what it, again? It was for me. No, turn-based gaming. Just I find it off-putting now. Like we've moved on quite a lot since 
Final Fantasy Nine, so I'm not that interested <laughs> in it anymore. Hmm. Oh well, That's never mind. Ironically, the Avatar game looked the best thing ever, and there was barely any of it. But yeah, let's save that one for another day. So enjoy yourself, people. Ta-ra. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. Oh.